0: Welcome and thanks for tuning into our podcast. We are 25 days away from Thanksgiving. One of my favorite holidays because of what's served at the table. Cuz I mean when we eat with family, I'm telling you it's it's more than enough usually. You ever eat so much that you just eat and you just hurt? And then you're like, I'm going to eat until I hurt. And then you lay down for a half hour and you're like, I'm going to continue eating. You know what I'm saying? That's just wrong. You know what I'm saying? That's just sinful. Okay. The Bible talks about being a glutton and we're not going to go there today. Okay. So what are you saying, pastor? When it comes to a meal, Jesus in the Bible tells the story and, and it's, it's placed. The interesting thing I love about this story is it's framed around a, a dinner. And in Luke chapter 14, Jesus goes into the house, the Bible says, of a prominent Pharisee. He's a religious man. And he sits down and he eats a meal with a group of people. And Jesus talks about how people sit at the table and how different things happen. And, and a man at the table, as wise as he was, one of, the, one of the Pharisees that were at the table wanted to make themselves feel important, makes this statement in chapter 14. 14, verse 18, he says this. uh, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. He just makes this blank statement that hey we're all blessed. You know why? Because we're sitting here and we're talking about the kingdom and we're in the right place. He's like blessed is the man and he's he's framing it because he's sitting at a table full of religious people and, and Jesus is at the table and, and there's a lot of issues that are happening right there but then Jesus says this. He says at the at the time of the, he says a certain man he tells his parable. Was preparing a great banquet, a feast and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. He sent the servant out to ring the dinner bell and say, Dinner is served. Let's go to the party. It is a banquet. It's ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Verse 20, still another said, I just got married. So I can't come. Don't excuse me, I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. The owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Can you say still room? Come on, you look around this building. There's just a little bit of room over here, a little bit of room over there, a little bit of room up here, some right over there. There is still room. And the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of the banquet, of his banquet. Jesus tells this parable to these group of people that are gathered around a table. And one man says, hey, blessed is he who who enjoys the feast. And Jesus says, many are invited. Some will have excuses. Some will be so wrapped up, tied up, that they can't get there. But the feast is designed and invited to everyone that listens and says, okay, I can, I can, I can make the feast. Main idea today, just a main thought for today, is there is still room to taste the feast. There's still room to taste, for you to taste the feast. And when we look at this, we've got to realize that the feast, the feast is already prepared. Jesus talks about this in John 14, that the, that the table's already set, the kingdom's already set. And no matter what, no matter what you're going through, there's still room for you. Listen to my voice. No matter who you are, there's still room for you. No matter how messy your life has become, guess what? There's still room for you. But here's the simple truth. Not everyone taste the feast not everyone is going to make the feast but today I want to be real clear I want you to hear it loud and clear you are made for the feast you belong at the feast Jesus came and provided a way for the feast he is the way the truth and the life he came for you you're in the right place how many agree? so let me ask you a question how many's made reservations for the feast How many are going to the feast? Wave at me if you've made reservations. Come on now. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you give us eyes to see what your word is saying to us today. Give us a heart that responds. Lord, if there's someone here that is not ready for the feast, God, I pray, Lord, that they would clearly hear what your word says. They'd clearly hear the the invitation, Jesus, just just to enjoy the feast that you've prepared. We love you. Thank you for who you are. God, we look forward to that feast in Jesus' name. Come on, can you clap today? Come on, can you celebrate about the feast that's on the way? So we look at Scripture. Scripture says in Psalm chapter 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many know God is good? Oh, let's go on this side. How many know God is good? Come on now. Oh, that's a little better. How many know God is good? Come on. I think they shout a little bit louder than you. Come on. But here's the thing. I'm not trying to get you to shout. I want you to understand that if God is that good, then what excuse is grand enough or big enough not to make it to the feast? Why would somebody choose to not go what's been prepared for them, to not show up at the place that, that has been prepared before they ever were born? Why would they not go? And I think the, the, the simple thing, that, the simple understanding is this, is that some people have a taste for something else. Some people have a taste. You know, sometimes we tend to, we tend to frame taste based on, on looks, we look at an apple and we say, well, that apple looks good. And and if it looks good, you go to the produce section and you pick through apples. You're like, I don't know if this one is better than that one, but this one sure looks good. So I'm gonna eat this one. You ever choose something based on looks? You ever choose to look over something based on looks? You know what I'm saying? You, you go to Thanksgiving with other family members and somebody cooks and you look at something, and you go, what is that? The better question to ask is who cooked it? Should I eat it? Because once you put it on your plate, hello, you can shove it around and move it around and try to hide it and do all those kind of things or stick it in your napkin and everything like that. It's almost like that person like has eagle eyes and looks down to see, did you try my Whatever. But when you look at it, sometimes you choose and say, I'm not eating that. No way. That's not, that's not good. That's, I mean, our kids choose that sometimes. Like, we want you to eat this. No, I'm not eating this. I've been on a lot of mission trips and they've served us a lot of food. And I have a rule when it comes on a mission trip, it's just a personal rule. Whatever they serve me, I'm going to eat. Whatever it is, let's go. Giddy up. Come on. Only one time over, let's go. You know, I've been overseas like 30, 40 times. I don't know how many times I lose count, but but I remember being in Jamaica, not this past time, but the time before. And this was in the 80s. I went to Jamaica and, and we were in this house and all these people were there and they were serving us soup in paper cups. I was like, wow, this is so good. Oh, give me some more. We're eating and eating and eating. And then my um, girlfriend, fiance back then, um, she asked the fatal question, what is it? And they're like, hey, come with us. We'll show you. So they take us back to the kitchen. In the kitchen, there's this pot on the pot. And, and they're like, they have a lid on it. They pull the lid off the pot. No lie. There is a head of a goat inside that pot. You know what I'm saying? And the feet are sticking up out of it. You know what I'm saying? And then you could see the, the guts or the inside. I don't know what that is. But, but he says, yeah, we take everything out of the inside. We take the head and the feet. and we put it in this pot. And we boil it. And that's what we get. And she's like, I've got enough. I'm like, give me some more, come on now, this is living, hello, come on now, I'm choosing not based on, at some point I'm like, yes, 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 because I haven't seen it, once you see it, so I'm like, uh-uh, I'm doing that, you know what I'm saying, we went to, um, we went to from Jamaica, we went to Honduras one time, and, and many years ago, and, and we are on a construction site, and we were working there, and this kid comes up and he says, hey, I'm going to bring dinner for the the team and everything. And he comes up and he's got this iguana. You know what I'm saying? This huge iguana. And he's like, I'm gonna cook this. And I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And people are like, no, don't eat it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, you only live once. Come on, let's go. You know what I'm saying? So this kid cooks an iguana on a stick. You know what I'm saying? Rips the hide off and says, here's how you eat it. And other people are like, no way. I'm not touching that. What they're choosing based on looks. They're choosing something. I'm looking at it going, Come on, this kid eats it. He looks like he's okay. I'm getting some. You know what I'm saying? you start eating, you're like, tastes like chicken. You know what I'm saying? That's what they say about alligator tail, but it doesn't really taste like chicken. You know what I'm saying? But but I'm telling you, we ate that whole thing. It was amazing. Then we went to Hong Kong um, many years ago, and in Hong Kong, they took us to one of these restaurants called a dim sum. It's dim sum of this and that. You know what I'm saying? And and we go to this restaurant, and they, I'm like feed us the weirdest possible stuff, you know, give us something that people don't, so they're like, absolutely, you know, they come out and they bring us pigeon heads, it's just like cut off at the, at the neck, you know what I'm saying, just the head, beak, everything, eyes are still in there and everything, they're like, it's cooked, you can eat it, and I'm like, what do you eat, it's just so hard and crunchy, they're like, right, be, right above the eyes, that area right there, you bite that part, I go, that's where the brains are, and they're like, yes, people are like, no, I'm not eating that. pastor's like, giddy up, let's go. Jenny was there. She's like, you ate that. I could, like, they said eat it. Mm, Bet down in there, it's like eating mud. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not really good. You know what I'm saying? That didn't taste good. I didn't take two. You know what I'm saying? It only took one. Hello? Then they had this like stringy, clear, it looked like spaghetti, but it had these like little things all over it. I'm like, what is that? And they're like, that's jellyfish tentacles give me some of that. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, uh-uh. People are like, no, 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 I'm not touching that. No way. It don't look good. So sometimes, I mean, I ate it. It was good. I ate a whole lot of it. It was all like, oh, that's interesting. Why do we always choose taste based on what we see, based on looks? You know, when it comes to the kingdom, some people choose the taste of the Lord based on what they see. And what they see sometimes is people, and people are messy. I'm telling you. Sometimes people don't choose to follow the Lord because what they see is not a great image. But I'm here to tell you today, hey, guess what? The image that we need to look at is Jesus. Get our eyes off of people and get our eyes on Jesus. Hello? Come on, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hello? Come on, some of you are like, let me help you out. Your, your, your hiney, I shouldn't say this, but your hiney is real tight right now because we sang country music in church and we had people in robes and that guy sang a song of the 70s and I know he changed the word and you're just going, oh. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, get our eyes off people, get our eyes on Jesus, okay, let's frame it. you know? We gotta keep our eyes on him, why? Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many know Jesus is good? So we look in, in Genesis chapter three, we talk about we choose things based on looks Genesis chapter 3, everything shifts because someone ate something they shouldn't have ate because it looked good. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals, and the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, "Um, we may eat uh, the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God did not say that you, got. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was there and he ate it. Sometimes we choose things that, are, that just look good. And sometimes when we choose things that are look good, we, we base our salvation sometimes, well, if tithing looks good, then I'm going to eat it. If praying for people looks good, then I'm going to eat that. Then if giving a Thanksgiving basket, oh, that one's not, I'm just kidding. That it's, it, 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 I'm going to eat that. Sometimes we, we frame things on, based on looks. But I'm here to tell you today that not everything that looks good is actually good. Not everything in this world that looks good is actually good. I can remember being in the ninth grade, and, and if you can remember when you were in the ninth grade, uh, when I was in the ninth grade, we were still in, in a junior high. Hello? And it was a junior high, and, and we had shop class. We would just grind and make all kinds of wood things and everything. And, and there was this girl that sat across from me. Her name was Stacy LaBelle. And Stacy was the funnest person to be around. Stacy was one of those people that would light up a room. Stacy was one of those people we laughed every single day. and and carried on. But Stacy had a taste for certain things. Stacy liked to party. Stacy, like every, every other night, she was going somewhere, and the next day, she was telling us what she was doing. But I remember the day that when I walked into that classroom, and that seat was empty. And I sat down and I was like, Where's Stacy? She's always here. See, Stacy, the night before, had gone out with a bunch of friends, and they were, they were, they were out partying, just having a great old time, and, and drinking, and they, they drove, they were, they were riding in a in a jeep and it was a cj7 it was it was an early made one and they had lifted this jeep about four feet off the ground it had tires this tall and when you drove next to it you couldn't see the people because it was so high these teenagers built this jeep way up high and they were driving down the road and this kid went and he he went to pass a car on on a street on a 35 mile an hour street went to pass a car and the car didn't see him because they were up so high and turned left into him when he turned left into him the jeep flipped four times when it flipped four times, every one of the kids flew out of the Jeep because nobody wore seatbelts back then. Stacy was the first one out. When she flew out, the Jeep rolled over and killed her instantly. Listen, not everything that tastes good is actually good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I don't, I, I do knew no one thing. If, ta- if Stacy didn't have a taste for partying, If Stacy didn't have a taste for being with those people, being around the crowd that she was in, guess what? She might be alive today. I may know Stacy today. I had another friend, his name was Keith Edwards. Keith Edwards was a kid that that, um, I met in church. I mean, we went to church back in sixth grade. Mom said, You're going to church. You don't, have a, you don't have a choice. I'm 12 years old saying, I don't even like that church. They're crazy. They speak in other tongues and, and somebody prophesies and it's weird and everything. And, and that pastor's always preaching about rock and roll music and chewing gum and wearing short skirts and everything. I'm like, Ah! You know, that's the 80s. You went to hell for everything. You couldn't even go to the movies without going to hell in the 80s. I'm telling you, it was, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? I can show you a book, 32 Reasons Why, you know, okay, <laughs> so whatever, but um, <laughs> I'm sorry, some of you read that book, but um, this kid, I mean, I've watched this kid fall out in the spirit, I watched this kid, I mean, we were, we were in middle school and high school together, in high school, he, he grew to have a taste for cocaine, he grew to have a taste for partying and different things, he had this truck, it was called the Rage Cage, and it was this huge, open truck that his dad had, because his dad had an orange grove, and it had put all the big baskets in, and he had the loudest sound system possible. We graduate high school, and he's still in my yearbook. I can look him up and see pictures, and we were in a, a graphics class together, and he was the craziest guy, but, but I remember the morning that I got a call from my mom about a year after graduating high school, and she said, Keith's died today. He died last night. And I go, what happened to Keith? She said he was at a party at a, at a condo in Daytona Beach, and in those places, and in, in the people would jump from balcony to balcony because there'd be another party in the next room. Instead of going out and going through the door, he went around the end. He fell five stories down into the parking garage and land in the cement. If Keith didn't have a taste for cocaine or partying, Keith would be alive today. But here's what I'd like to say. God's gracious. Because they tell me, and I read the story that he laid they're in the parking garage for five to 10 minutes before anybody was there. He was coherent. He was alive. He was there. And he was crying out. God gave him five minutes of what? Five minutes of grace. Listen, not everything that tastes good is actually good for us. Why would somebody not go to the feast that's prepared for them. Prepared before the kingdom. Jesus said, I'm depart from this world. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Why would somebody not? It's because they have a taste for something else. Listen, not everything that tastes good is actually good for you. That's why the word says, taste and see the Lord is good. How many know he is good? Come on now. So why would we why would we try to miss it? Why would we why would we put ourselves in a place that that, that we could miss it. Some people miss it simply because they have an excuse. I mean, ex- not everyone is going to taste the feast. Some people have an excuse not to go to it. You read the story. Jesus talked about the parable and an excuse. Your kids have good excuses. How many kids have good excuses? And they're like, yeah, there you go. How many of you had good excuses when you were a kid? Hello, I didn't. I didn't wreck the car. That pole jumped out in front of me. You know what I'm saying? That police officer didn't like me. I know I was driving 80 in a 40. I shouldn't have been. But but, but, but it's, he didn't like me. That's why I have this ticket. Oh, you know, I mean, people have excuses for everything. I can remember mom yelling, hey, dinner's ready. She didn't really mean it. I heard it. Just didn't register. She yelled the second time, dinner's ready. She didn't really mean it. But then she yelled your middle name. <laughs> she means it then, you know what I'm saying? And you come down. Why? Because you heard it. And you heard the urgency in it. Sometimes you have an excuse and we wonder, is there an urgency behind it? People are like just lazy or just laid back or like, well, I got time. Like, I got time. Can I help you? Nobody is promised time. I don't find that in scripture. I don't find where we are promised time and, and we have plenty of time. I do see that everyone is appointed a day of judgment and and on that day we stand before the Lord. I do know that we don't get to set that day. I would love to be able to set that day because if you could set the day when that day was, some of us would choose to wait until the minute before. We'd be like, I'm just gonna wait until the minute before. I'm gonna decide and and then I'm gonna gonna do that. But we're never promised that. When it comes to an excuse, look at the excuses these people had. In verse 18, this guy says, I've just bought a field and I must go see it. Who buys a field and doesn't go see it? Now OK, hold up. Who buys a house and doesn't go see it? Go ahead laugh. It's okay. People are doing it every single day. They buy it online. And then they go and look at it, and they're like, "Oh, it looks a lot different." They took some really good pictures. Wow! I sold a home in Lakeland, and this guy was like, I me mean, were the, the day before closing and this guy's like I never saw it my wife told me about it I saw the pictures you posted but I never walked into it never even looked at it I guess she picked a good one look at this one I'm like you don't walk in it <laughs> nowadays people do I mean, he said, this guy says hey I bought a field I gotta go look at it the other guy says I just bought five yoke of oxen I just bought a bunch of oxes and I wanna go try them out who does that some people buy a truck, I'm going to go try it out. Some people buy a boat, I'm going to go try it out. People buy, buy, buy a gun, I'm going to go try it out. I'm gonna sh- it's the hunting season. People buy all kinds of things, like, like I'm going to go try it out. Listen, materialism and the pursuit of materialism or the experiences of materialism provide are the greatest excuse that people have for following Jesus. They're like, I just don't have time because I'm pursuing something else. Why would somebody miss it? Because they're pursuing something else. Why would somebody miss it? Because in their pursuit, they're missing that Jesus has a greater plan for their life. How many know He's got a greater plan for your life? The third guy's a little different. He doesn't say, Please excuse me. He just says, I can't come. He says, I just got married. I just got married. I am busy with my wife. I am busy with this thing. This is called life. I'm busy. You know what this guy's really saying? He's saying my pursuit of relationship is higher than my pursuit of the, of the feast. I see this happening, so don't hate if this, this the, you've seen this before, but, but I've seen this before where people will come in and say, Pastor, Pastor, please, please pray for me. I need a man. It's a good prayer. If you come to me and say, pray for me, I need a man, I'll say, Jesus, don't just give him any man, give him someone that loves Jesus give them somebody, because companionship's in the Bible, give them a relationship. A guy will say, Pastor, I need a woman. I'm like, yes you do. <laughs> I, I pray the same prayer. And, and they'll give, and they'll serve, and they'll tithe, and they'll go forward. And the moment that sometimes they get that person in their life, they start pursuing something else. They forget about the feast. They forget about what Jesus did. They forget that he's the one that brought the relationship in the first place. So if he brought it, then they don't just need to enjoy it. They need to enjoy it in his presence. See, the moment that we put relationship over him, we're saying family's over you. And that's just backwards. The enemy wants you to focus more on your family. And God's saying, focus on me and make me the center of your family. Come on now. (laughs) Taste and see the Lord is good. He doesn't say, taste your family, taste your job, taste your materialism, chase all. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So my question is, what, what excuse is big enough that we would miss the feast? What excuse is great enough or grand enough that, that we would miss the thing that is prepared for us? You've got to realize that every excuse that anybody ever has has been eliminated on the cross. Because the price that he paid, you've got to realize that that when he was walking down that road, they had two thieves that were walking with him. And those two thieves were there. And when they laid him down to nail him, they were getting nailed at the same time. And he says this. this. These are the words that comes out of Jesus' mouth. He says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And then when they hang him on the cross, one thief stands on this side, and all he does is curse Jesus. He's hung between two thieves. This guy's cursing him and saying, hey, bring down down angels. You can't do anything. And this other guy is there, and he's like, hold up, Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 42 of Luke chapter 23. He says, I beg of you, my Lord, show me grace and take me with you into your everlasting kingdom. And listen to what Jesus says. This is the last moment. This is right before he dies. He is a thief on the cross still. He is a person that's being, that's being murdered for, for a crime that he committed, and he's hanging on the cross, and Jesus says, I promise you. Let's frame it in the, in the story when he talks about the, the, the people that are at the banquet. This religious guy says, hey, blessed are they, which you do get to enjoy the feast? And then he says, go get the lame go get the broken, go get the homeless, go get the blind, go get everybody that the religious people said don't belong. Go get everybody. Why? Because everyone is welcome. Why? Because we believe grace is for everyone. How many believe grace is for everyone? See, I don't know about you, but, but I need grace. I know when grace entered my life. I know the moment that grace entered my life, I still needed grace because when, I, when, I, when grace came into my life at the age of 20, Grace came in and, and set my life free. Grace came in and, and wrecked every part of me. But I was still dealing with the sinful nature. I still cursed all the time. I gave my life to Jesus at 20, and I still cursed like a sail. I couldn't believe. It. I'm like, these words kept flowing out of me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Some people are like, ah, too much information, pastor. Here's the thing. I knew that I needed grace. I knew I needed Some of you are like, man, I drive down the road, and I still want to curse people. Let me help you out you drive driving down the road and you feel like cursing, people just say, praise the Lord, hallelujah. God is good, why? Taste and see that the Lord is good. How many know He's good? I just helped three people in the room because they're, they're still struggling with this, this thing called cursing and I honestly believe that, that your language is formed by what you put inside of your life. If you are sitting in front of that TV or in front of a theater and all you hear is profanity and all that is around you is profanity, guess what, whatever comes in, Remember, everything that looks good isn't necessarily good for us. It actually can flow out of your life. But when you start putting the word in, and the word's gonna come out. Some of you ought to say this week, man, I'm gonna taste and see my Lord is good. Taste and see my God is good. I'm gonna compel somebody to come. Why? Because I know he's good. How many of you know he's good today? So why would somebody miss